One of the problems that you have is there's, there's a disease that's, that's greater than COVID. That's more devastating than COVID. That has taken more people out than COVID. And that's the elder brother disease. The elder brother disease. Two weeks ago, we had Paul speaking on the elder brother. And I thought about it. You know what? That elder brother syndrome has taken so many people out of the kingdom. And God wants to deal with that. So tonight, God is going to deal with it. And what you saw here, um, the laughing in that is, one of the problems that the elder brother had was he had no spirit of celebration. He could not celebrate breakthrough. He could not celebrate restoration. To him, that was a problem. And if you're battling with what's happening here tonight, then I suggest you get some medication for your elder brother syndrome. Because when you serve God, when you get filled by the Spirit, anything can happen. I'm going to try and preach. I've been praying that God gives us a spirit of celebration. <laughs> I've been praying for that, that that will be one of the areas of breakthrough tonight. I'm going to read for us in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to, pre- told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am that you may also be. And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not, do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And this is the main verse tonight. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me. And he's saying this to his disciples. And he's saying this to people tonight that has walked with him for many years. And it's sad that he's got to say that. If you had known me, you would have known the Father. It's sad that after they walked with him so long, they sat under his ministry and he's got to say to them, if you have known me, you would have known the Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So for a few moments, I just want to touch on what Paul spoke on, because this is a follow-up. He spoke on the prodigal son, and he spoke about the relationship with, between the elder brother and the father. And just for a moment, I want to draw your attention to the, the mother's voice in that story. If you can re- read Luke 15. Maybe you've got it there. Can you just put it up for a moment? Luke 15. And it says, there was a man, and he had two sons. And I want you to pay attention to the mother's voice. It's absent. 
It's not there. And that's enough to cause a wound as well. The absence of a mother's voice. We, we focus on the father, and yes, many people are carrying father's voices, but the absence of the mother's voice can cause a wound as well. But there's enough grace and enough love in our heavenly father to heal even a mother's wound. And I believe God's going to heal wounds tonight. The main focus is, I want you to have a look and see how much are you like the older brother. Do you have EBS, older brother disease, or older brother syndrome? Do you have that? You see, the problem with that disease, it eats joy. Where that disease is prevalent, there's no joy. Then we frown upon people laughing. Then we frown upon people um, being stirred by the Holy Spirit. That's the first sign of the elder brother syndrome. There's no joy. Because that disease eats joy. That disease has the ability to make the nicest people miserable. They're saved by the miserable saints. And yet they think they're in a position to judge others. They think of themselves higher than others. They are better than the prodigal son. And as I said, the other thing I'd like you to pay attention to is the lack of a mother's voice. It has affected these two sons in a certain way. I'm just thinking for a moment, who here owns a Hyundai? You do? You do. This might be a warning for us, eh? It says the father had two sons. And they both gave him trouble. (laughs) Okay, they got it lost, okay? (laughs) Here's the thing that I'd like to... The point of departure is this. Elder brother syndrome makes us self-righteous. Makes us think we are better. And then we judge others by our standard. I've got news for you. You are not the standard. In the church of Jesus Christ, you are not the standard. And God wants to break in tonight. He wants to remove. I thought when when you brought that word about the plate shifting, I asked myself, do they know there's a wave coming after that? There's a wave coming. And it's going to wash away the old. It's going to take away all all the stuff that you're familiar with. And then the new is going to come through. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? So I'm just going to compare for a couple of moments. The elder brother in the story of the prodigal son. And can we go back to John 14? Please. Um. We're going to compare the elder brother in the prodigal son and the original elder brother, Jesus Christ. We're going to look at the comparison, and I want you to, to really be hard on yourself tonight. And say to when you recognize something of the elder brother syndrome in your life, deal with it. Or be at least prepared to deal with it. So Jesus says here, I am the way, the truth and the life. And often we stop there. People have become Jesus culture people. 
they know about Jesus, they love Jesus, but they stop at Jesus. But Jesus says, I'm the way to the Father. I am the way, but the Father is the destiny. We need to come through Jesus to the Father. And if you do not know the Father, that's where your problem starts. Often we, we, ho- we zone in on Jesus, but we've got no relationship with the Father. And therefore Jesus says, the Holy Spirit um, deflects to Jesus. He highlights what Jesus does, and Jesus highlights what the Father does. So the idea is that you don't stop at knowing Jesus. You, you get drawn by the Holy Spirit. You get to know Jesus, but he will show you who the Father is. And often we have wounds in our lives because we have never got to spend time with the Father. He says, I'm the way. So basically he's saying, Jesus is saying, I am not a cul-de-sac. I'm not a dead-end street. You don't stop with me. I am a signboard to the Father. So let's just give you, I'll give you a personal testimony. So in, it was 1986, I was fortunate enough to buy myself a a new Opel Monza. And the first thing, the first thing I said to my wife, we are going to Sun City because apparently that was the mark. If you've been to Sun City, you've arrived. That's what I thought. So we drove for hours, a day and a half. We drove. We drove. And when we got outside Rustenburg, there was a signboard, and it said, Sun City left. So we turned back and we came home. <laughs> That's what happens if you stop at the signboard. The signboard is not the destination. You haven't arrived when you see the sign, and Jesus is not the destination. Jesus is the way to the Father. We should not stop at just knowing Jesus. It's knowing the Father that's important in love. So let's look at a few things that Jesus did that the elder brother got wrong. Number one, as we start the scripture, it says, let not your hearts be troubled. Why is he saying that? Because just before that, Peter said, Jesus will die for you. And Jesus knew that he was going to betray him. At the moment when, when Jesus was going to be crucified. So Jesus says to him, buddy, you are going to betray me, but don't let your heart be troubled. You see, when, when Jesus got betrayed, he did not take offense. The elder brother, on the other hand, took secondhand offense and had an issue with his brother. It wasn't even his inheritance that his brother wasted. It was the father's money that he wasted, but he had second-hand offense, and he didn't even want to speak to his brother. Jesus, the true elder brother, even when he got offended the moment before he died, he did not take offense. He was forgiving. The other elder brother battled with forgiveness. And then as Jesus starts speaking, he says, My father's house... In my father's house, there are many rooms. How many rooms? He was familiar with his father's house, and he knew that his father was the host of hosts, and he would want his children to come into his house. He was at home in his father's house. 
He wasn't a stranger in his father's house. Whereas the son, we always, always assume that the son who stayed behind was a son in the house. No, he was a slave in the field. He was more at home because he was scared to come into the father's house. Know why? Because when you're in the father's presence, it opens up all the haha stuff. You can't hide your hachaness. Is that a word? Can't hide your hachaness in the presence of God. So often, we will work harder. Often, we'll stand around and say, did you see I served? I'm involved in, in children's church. I'm involved in showing the parking. I'm involved in registering people. I am, I'm working. I'm a slave in the field. Can't you see it? I'm a good son. No, no, no. The son should be at home in the father's house. Imagine, imagine, imagine David comes home. Now, yeah, okay, he's at Milton now, so maybe he should ask permission. Um, but imagine he comes home tonight and says, Mom, can I make myself some coffee? What will your answer be? You'll be shot. You'll, he'll be shot. What? Oh, okay, right. <laughs> Why? Because, because you don't expect your son not to be at home in your house. So can I ask you? Are you at home in the house of the Lord? Or are you sitting here and you're uncomfortable because you're worried about so many other issues because that one didn't say hello. That one made a noise like a piggy. That one, that one f- danced and, and maybe her husband should give her some dance lessons because she's not too safe on her feet. I, I don't know. When at, at one moment, I was like quite nervous. I thought Bobby and Fred and Ian was going to dance up here. You see, the, the true elder son, he understands that in his father's house, there are many rooms. But I tell you, the elder son in the prodigal son's story had no room on that farm for his brother. As far as he was concerned, he could have stayed away. So I'm asking the question, have you noticed, have you noticed some of the prodigal sons that have returned to, to, to PM? Or are you too busy checking out others? Are you too busy slaving in the field? Have you, have, you, have you celebrated some of the prodigal sons that has come back? Are you ready to celebrate some of the prodigal sons that are coming through that door soon? And I'm prophesying that. But are you ready to celebrate that? Or are you the one who's going to stop him off and say, Buddy, I, this farm is not big enough for the two of us. I think you better go. The, 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 our elder brother, Jesus, understands there's room. There's many rooms for us. So Jesus was a son in the house, whereas the other brother was a slave in the field. Our Jesus, our elder brother, says this, I go to prepare a place. For you, my younger brother, who has lost it along the way, but you've come back. I go to prepare a place for you. As far as, as, as the other brother was concerned, he, he, he didn't even know there was action on the farm. He didn't engage anything. But our elder brother 
is the one who personally prepares a place for us. For those who once were lost, but now are found. That's the example. That's the example that Jesus sets. And remember, we are to be elder brothers for others. It's not just about us coming, but it's about how we receive others that come back into the body of Christ. This elder brother had no, no spirit of celebration. He could not get excited about his brother who came back. As far as he was concerned, he's dead. And he wanted nothing to do with him. Now I understand that people disappoint you. But as I read that, I wondered, is there somebody in your family that has disappointed you so that you're not even praying for them to come back to the Lord? Because something has hurt so deep inside that you have no space in your heart to even just pray for them, let alone let them come into the same building as you to worship God. God is challenging us tonight. The old needs to go. We cannot take in the new wine if the old wine skin is still the same. Some, something needs to change. And it starts with us. After the Jesus prepares the place, what does he say? I'll come and I'll fetch you myself. The other elder brother didn't make an effort to fetch his, his brother. The dad had to run. The old man had to run to fetch his son. In our case, Jesus himself is coming to fetch us. He's showing us how it's done. He will leave the ivory palaces to come into this world of woe. And it's only his great redeeming love that can make my Savior go to that place. It is redeeming love. And God is saying to us, my children, there are people in need to be fetched. There are people in need of my redeeming love. Come on, shake down the dust from your feet and go and meet them along the way. It's not just the job of the old man to pick up his cloak and run and go and fetch the young man. The eldest son's job is to do that. Jesus is showing us that example Jesus says, when I fetch you, this is the example. When I fetch you, I am not just bringing you back to the farm. I'm bringing you to the father. If that elder brother went out and he fetched his brother and brought him and made him a slave, he would have thought, well done. I brought him back to the farm. But we're not being brought back to the farm. We're being brought back to the father. That's where we need to be. And tonight I believe that you might have been on the farm already, but you need to be brought to the Father so that you can experience the Father's love. So that you can experience the Father's embrace and know what it's like to put your head on His chest and hear His heartbeat for you. That's the Father I know. That's the Father I serve. One whose heart beats of grace and love towards me. And I really love you. To experience that tonight. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father but by me. Jesus represents the Father. That's what the elder brother did in this case. The other elder brother opposed the Father. He stood outside and he was in a verbal fight with his dad. I'm not coming in. I'm not entering in. That son of yours. 
we need to represent the Father well. We are called to represent the Father, not to oppose the Father in the way that he wants to do things in the body of Christ. Jesus points to the Father. That's, that's the true job of the elder son. Points to the Father. If you have elder brother syndrome, you point to their faults. We are not here to point to our brother's faults. We are here to point them to the Father. It's my prayer tonight that there will be breakthrough. Even in the lives of older men, your dad might be dead, but your heavenly father is alive and he can bring restoration. If you've never had an experience of a father's love, God can change that tonight. The elder brother, in the case of the prodigal son, I had resentment because a, co a calf was put on the bride. Because the calf was slaughtered. He had an issue with that. It was one of many calves. There were many other animals. He had an issue with the calf. Our elder brother gave his own life. He gave everything. There was no holding back. He didn't say, let's give the, the minimum that I can give. He gave everything. He gave his own life. So you can start answer, uh, questioning yourself and say, am I stingy? Because God is generous. The God that we serve calls us to, be, to live a life of generosity. And when we say that, people think rands and cents. Now, generosity goes way beyond rands and cents. The thing is, you don't realize it, but your stinginess can be seen in your body posture. You don't have to say a word, but if you're not happy with a younger brother that came back, it shows in the way you walk. It shows in the way you leave a room. It even shows in your worship. Don't be stingy. We serve a generous God. Here's another thing that's important to me. Let me drink some of this before Wayne gives me water. Our elder brother. Move it this way. In the case of the prodigal son, I'm sure that that elder brother was so miffed, he wouldn't have shared his shoes or his t-shirt or his shorts with his other brother. But our elder brother, he shares his robe with us. The father didn't have to fetch a different robe for us because Jesus give, gives us his robe of righteousness. He shares his robe with us. He declares us righteous because he knows that we can't do it in ourselves. That's the kind of elder brother we have who will take his robe of righteousness and put it on us and justify us so that we, it seems just as if we have never sinned. 
Are you ready to cover your brother? Or are you the one that strips him naked before others so that you can, so they, they can be guilt and shame? Is that you? Or would you cover your brother with love when he comes back? I know people hurt us. I know that we've been through tough times with family members. But Jesus sets the example. Because he points to the Father. He understands that that's the Father's heart. To cover us in righteousness. Here's another thing that is important. And this is, we find this in, 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 in the story of Lazarus. When Jesus is about to call Lazarus out of the grave, when Jesus faces his, this mountain in front of him, his friend's dead, it says he wept. That's how big this was to him. And then it says, and he cast his eyes to heaven and spoke to his father. And then he spoke to his problem. The elder brother didn't want to speak to the father. He spoke to the slave, to the servant. He had no relationship with the father. So he came to the servant and said, what's going on here? Why is there a party? He is the eldest son on the farm. He should know first. He should have been there. He should have fetched his brother. But he had no relationship with his father. So he spoke to the servant. When we are in right relationship, we speak to the father first. And that's how you can check where your heart is at. Are you speaking about your brothers to other brothers? Or are you speaking to your father and praying God's blessing on them? Praying God's protection on them. And this is, this is I suppose, where we want to bring this thing to. I'm going to read it in, read it, you'll find it nicely set out in John chapter 17, verse 25. See, once again, Jesus is talking to the Father. And by the way, if you don't know, this is Luke's favorite chapter. Isn't that so? I know, brother. And it says this, Jesus had such a relationship with the Father that he could speak to him the most intimate things. And he says this, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know you that you have sent, and these know that you have sent me. Made known to them your, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love which with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus is not the main mission. Jesus in Himself says, "I'm the way." I want to bring you to the Father so that the love with which the Father loves me can be in you. That's the goal. That you will experience the same love. Not a second-hand love, not a watered-down love, but that you and I will experience the same love that Jesus experienced. That's the goal. But, but the, main, the crux of that verse is, I made known your name to them. And it was not the name Yahweh. It was not the name Jehovah. It was the name Father. Because up till that point, God's people did not know him as Father. They knew him as God, the one that whose name you could write but not say. And he comes 
And he says, the elder brother on the farm would not even talk to the father. He, would, he disrespected the father. But Jesus comes and he says, buddy, I know you've sinned. I know you got it wrong. But I'm going to teach you something tonight. I'm going to teach you to say, Abba. Do you know? Do you know that because of Jesus, we can call our father Abba? He's our daddy God. He's not a distant God. That, that song from a distance, God is watching us, is totally unbiblical. God's yeah. He's our daddy God. His heart is with us. He wants us to experience his love. Jesus went further than anyone else. He says, I will teach you. I'm the way. I'm ta- I'll take you to the Father. And I will teach you to say, Abba, Father. For some people, that's hard to say. Some people say that as a ritual. Some people say it because it's words in, word in, in a song. But when you address the Father, or when you pray, do you address the Father or do you address Jesus most of the time? When you, when you pray, do you, by the way, mention the Father? Or do you actually speak to Abba, to our Father? Now the problem is, and this is where I'm going to, Bring this into a land. We're about at 3,000 feet now. Soon we'll be at 2,000 feet and counting. I've asked myself, Jesus has shown us that example of fatherhood, of true fatherhood. But not everybody has followed that example. So I've asked myself the question, I wonder what kind of father did the elder brother become when he had children? I wonder. Because he had no relationship with his father. I, I kind of get the idea that he, he had the potential to wreck the lives of his children. What kind of father would the younger son have been? You see... God the Father, when Jesus came out of the, I didn't give you the scripture, I'll just go there quickly. Yeah, Matthew, Matthew 3. When God the Father, when Jesus came out of the water, he said on the biggest stage, to the greatest amount of, in front of the greatest amount of people, this is my beloved son. He showed us the heart of a father. But because, because we haven't been taught well or because we haven't be, been through that process of seeing the, the example of what a heavenly father looks like, we've become the eldest son. We've become the younger son. And you know what the difference between them was? The, eldest, the younger son was a miserable lawbreaker. The eldest son was a miserable lawkeeper, but they were both miserable and, and, and being miserable is not a sign of Christianity. Some people, some people express their, their commitment to God through anger. Yeah, but I'm not like that. Look what they're doing. I'm not like that. Look what they're doing. It's not a character trait of a true son of God. Anger and being miserable. You see, the problem is, 
we've had a few elder sons around. Some of our fathers were elder sons, and they didn't have the right way. Some of our fathers were younger sons that broke away from the household and did their thing, and maybe never came back. Here's the problem. Fathers who have not been fathered properly, in turn, has left this world littered with confused children, with angry husbands that don't know how to express themselves in their marriage because they have not been fathered well. Fathers that has not been fathered well has left children longing for a deposit of true fatherhood, but the fathers are bankrupt. And God wants to change that here tonight. The plates are shifting. There's no reason to continue being a bad father. There's no reason to continue not knowing how to, 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 to love your children. God can change that here tonight. And I have a sense tonight that there are people sitting here. And they are, they are empty, they are void of Father's love. And they are yearning, they are yearning for a bit of Father's love. But through the years, you have developed father wounds because you were never given the love that you were looking for. And the problem with that is, why I am I'm advocating for that here tonight. There's a world out there that hurts even more than in here. There's a world out there with even more young people who has a lack of of the input of a true father's heart. And if the church doesn't rise up and fill that gap, the drug lords will. The pornographers will. Anybody that can bring some, some wrong thoughts in their lives will. So we need to rise up and find a capacity not just to raise our children well, but also to father the fatherless out there. I, I firmly believe as we sit here, you might have 2.5 children. That's the perfect household. Um, but you've got the capacity to raise another two or three for Jesus. There's, there's a silent scream out there for help. And there's a silent scream inside here for help. But as fathers, we are not responding because we're battling through our own wounds. But the plates are shifting. God wants to do something different here tonight. And I believe what it is, is God wants to do father ministry. God wants to meet you where you're at. Maybe if you can just close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to stand here. And I'm going to stand in the gap of the father that has dropped you. And on behalf of that father that has hurt you. On behalf of the father that has let you down. I'm going to say the following, and when I'm done, if, that, if that's meant for you, then you just say, I forgive you, Daddy. 
So I want you to listen to what I say, and you, maybe you're not going to identify with everything, but whatever it is that you identify with, you say, I forgive you, Daddy. She got up a tender, she did it. On the behalf of the father that was absent in your life, I want to say to you, I'm sorry for not being there when you needed me most. I'm sorry that I didn't support you in what you wanted to do or what you strive to do in life. I'm sorry that I did not protect you when life was hurting you badly. I'm sorry that I didn't provide for you, but I would rather be drunk than take, care, than take proper care of you. I'm sorry for the way I treated your mother. I'm sorry that I didn't protect you when you were abused. I'm sorry that I abused you. I'm sorry that you've, you've taken so much strain in life because I didn't know how to be a father. And if you've identified with any of those, just speak it out. I forgive you, Dad. Because it's in the forgiving that we find release. It's in the forgiving that the plate shifts and the new wave comes. I want to speak to some fathers here. Maybe I stood here speaking on your behalf and you just never had the guts to say it. But the Holy Spirit is convicting you now that you need... You need to make it right with God. And I want you now to speak to God. Saying something in the line of, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me for not pursuing the heart of the Father God through Jesus Christ. And therefore, I had no example to give my children. You need to find your way back to God tonight. I also want to speak on behalf of that mother's voice that was absent in the story of the prodigal son. Maybe your mother's voice was controlling. Maybe your mother's voice was strong and it broke you down. Then on her behalf, I want to say I'm sorry. Maybe there were no mother's voice. And there was a lack of guidance, a lack of intimacy in your heart. You had no experience of being cuddled and loved. God wants to deal with all of these things.